Hello, everybody. Welcome to the ADHD podcast. We are back with episode eight. Uh, today, I'll be speaking with Paris Brown, mental health counselor. Uh, she is actually a return visitor. Hello, Ms. Brown. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Uh, is it cool to call you Ms. Brown? Is it Counselor Brown? Like, how, how do you say that? Like, is there like something, is there a prefix with your title? Can you just call me Paris? All right, Paris. Cool. <laughs> uh, you probably hear that all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Paris is a mental health counselor uh, slash therapist. Um, like I said, she's been on the podcast before, but I felt like in time, the times that we're in right now and everything that's going on in the world, like uh, it couldn't be a better time for her to come on the podcast. And uh, let's just let us hear from someone who this is their profession uh, with everything that's going on in the world, because I know that we're all kind of in a different headspace than we were coming into the year. So... Yeah. So with that being said, uh, Paris, man, how, how has this affected you personally as a as a therapist and just as a person? Is everything going on? Everything, I would say, like, it's just heavy. Mm. Um, so it's heavy as an individual. It's heavy as a clinician, um, because not only am I dealing with it for myself, I'm also dealing with it for the people who rely on me to help them. Um, so it's been a lot. I mean, Everything going on mixed with COVID, mixed with life in general, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it can be a lot. So how do you handle that? Like, like as a therapist, man, is, it, is there an off button? Is there a switch where you actually get to focus on yourself? Or do you find times that you, you, you have to focus more on your patients than yourself? You have to have balance. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I would be extremely burnt out. Um, so I just decompress in the ways that I know how. Um, do things that bring me peace that I enjoy. Um, lots of reading, trying to stay off of social media, um, especially. That's a big one. All of the craziness that's on there right now. Um, yeah, just whatever kind of things bring me peace. Um, and giving myself that grace. Like, I don't have to do all things mm. right now. I can do less, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's really important. Uh, I think a lot of us, we, we were kind of brought up and taught to kind of, I don't want to say turn the other cheek, but uh, just to have thick skin. Yeah. And, and no matter how bad things get, uh, we tend to ignore our own self-help. Help. Okay. Uh, so when you say that, are you talking about being a, a black person or person of color or do you um, in general as humans? I, I say as a black person, and um, I, I'll, I'll also say this uh, for my platform, I'm going to start distinguishing black versus people of color mm-hmm. uh, because I do think that wrapping them both into one kind of does a disservice. I agree. So uh, from it's I'm trying to step away from myself. Yeah. I haven't researched it, uh, to be honest with you. It's just something like with everything going on, it, it doesn't feel right. I mean, the research that I found was talking about how um, blacks are so fast to use person of color titles, mm-hmm. um, but other people of color don't necessarily, they kind of separate themselves for sure from blacks. We yeah. kind of are inclusive of anybody who's of brown skin or of other than white skin. Um, yeah, other races tend to separate it a little differently from the research that I did. 
Yeah, it kind of goes to, I've been seeing little memes floating around the net about how black people are just the most forgiving race. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that kind of goes into what you're saying as well. But um, for me, it's just that I feel like everyone has their struggle Mm -hmm. and to loop ours in with everyone else is a disservice to both them and us because I do think that of course, immigrants have their their struggles, right? Uh, but I think the black struggle is a completely different monster of its own. Yeah, the American black struggle. Yeah, for sure. The American black struggle. Yes, that's correct. So, um, just getting back to the state of the world, man. Uh, we already were in in a very difficult time. Something that's like completely abnormal to what we've all been used to our entire lives uh, with the whole COVID situation. Mm-hmm. So we go from you know, just living our life, waiting on summertime to get here, all of a sudden, boom, uh, health pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everyone's stuck in the house now for the most part. Um, hours of businesses change if, if there's any businesses open at all. Um, it's just, it, it, I feel like it forced a lot of people to just sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's what the world needed. I mean, maybe I, it's not. I think I see it both ways. Um, I think having us slow down and get to a more simpler way of life. Um, I see where that was helpful. Um, but then I see with my people who struggle with depression and anxiety and, you know, PTSD symptoms and stuff, how this has fueled that as well, because they're forced to be alone. Mm. Um, and my people with addictions, um, meetings closed down. NAAA meetings went all virtual. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that along with a lot of their treatment programs. Um, A lot of the outpatient-based treatment programs went virtual as well. And there's just a different level of connection that goes with an in-person meeting versus a a virtual meeting. Oh, for sure. Um, So the isolation that COVID has caused, like, has been hurtful for a lot of people. Yeah, I think with me mostly, man, because I'm an introvert to the core, Mm-hmm. Uh, so like this is my bag, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but right. it, it's something different when it's forced. Exactly, and that, but also like you can be an introvert and still um, enjoy extroverted activities with the right people. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, so just because we like, just because we consider ourselves introverts, doesn't mean that we don't need human interaction. Um, yeah, and that's the misconception that people have is that. Oh, you're an introvert. You'll be all right. Mm, I'm all right for a little while. Mm-hmm. But then I do also sometimes crave human interaction that does not come over the form of virtual yeah, yeah, yeah. settings. So. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest hit I took was the gym. <laughs> like, and like, okay, I like working out, but I'm not that guy, right? Like, I'm not the dude just walking around pe- preaching gym stuff all the time. But I didn't realize how much I needed it as far as like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really wound up as a person. Mm-hmm. I, and this made me realize that and like the gym was like my only opportunity to burn some of that shit off. So mm-hmm. when that was taken away and I realized like how much I missed it, that's when it hit me. So about three weeks into COVID was mm-hmm. when it was like, all right, enough. I'm ready mm-hmm. to <laughs> get out the mm-hmm. house. Yeah. So, so a lot of people have realized that um, uh, even for myself, I've been working from home since the start, the hit of COVID. Mm-hmm. Was what early March, mid March? Yeah, mid March. Mm-hmm. When places started closing down, so we were what three months in now almost, and it's not the easiest thing to do all virtual therapy. 
Yeah, and it feels like six months, right? Like, yes, I was thinking. Time moves fast and slow at the same time. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's almost like the weeks fly by, but it feels like it feels like we've been doing this for months and months and months. And I realized the other day, I was like, "Damn, it's only been like I think three months now." Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so that was shocking enough, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure you would agree that that was like a complete 180 from the way life was. Oh yeah, that's not something we've ever experienced in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. The last pandemic was what the Spanish flu or something during one of the world wars. Yeah. Something we did not I don't ever remember learning about no Spanish flu, but you know. <laughs> I think it might have gotten grace in in a book somewhere Barely. in school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but not not nothing you're right, nothing serious. Um so then if that wasn't enough, we have the gruesome murder of George Floyd by the Minneapolis Police Department. For sure. And it's all recorded on camera mm-hmm. and released to the world, which of course incites protests and riots and looting. And we have this guy in office who, for the first time, I feel like we have a president that's not like looking to calm Mm-hmm. a situation he's actually like adding fuel to the fire like he he's taken as a challenge to challenge people even more in disrespect and just escalating a situation that probably shouldn't be escalated so now we certain areas have martial law uh me myself i was riding my bike yesterday and you know there were humvees out with military troops uh you know next to mccormick place in chicago like it's so weird yeah so um yeah, if if COVID wasn't enough, this is ten times worse because now we have curfew. Mm-hmm. Um, we have police and riot gear everywhere. We have police blocking certain streets. We have police getting into it with rioters. Uh, right. We have some riots being started by provocateurs. Like okay. it's just it's crazy. Yeah. So let me rewind you a little bit there. Um, mm-hmm. It's absolutely not normal to be forced to watch someone be killed, Mm. you know, and I think we have normalized it with the access that we have with social media and phones and recording and all of that. Like we've normalized it to where when someone posts a video of someone being murdered, it's posted on Instagram. Yeah. Like who, who thought that that was okay? Um, yeah, I think that's a huge, that's a big issue for me. Um, just because you have it doesn't mean you have to post it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. I, now, I do think, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. These are kind of necessary until the problem is fixed when it comes to police. I, no, no, no. I give you that. But where I'm going with it is just because it's there doesn't mean we have to watch it. Um, Definitely. And giving people that warning that it is possible to get PTSD from witnessing something happen, even if it did not happen to you. Okay, so let, let me let me stop you right there. So I know we we we've kind of made PTSD inclusive of combat troops. No, and that's not the case. I mean, that's the old school. You know, when they first came up with the diagnosis, it was only for veterans or combat. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are lots of reports and stories about people who got PTSD symptoms from, or not just symptoms, like were able to be diagnosed with PTSD um, from repeatedly watching the towers fall on 9-11. Mm. Um, 
And even though they weren't physically there, and even though they maybe didn't even know anyone who was affected by it, mm-hmm. watching it on the news over and over and over all day, all week, all month, all year, mm-hmm. um, made them, you know, be able to be diagnosed with PTSD because it affected them on that level. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it had to change. I mean, it, anyone who was at an age where they could remember things when 9-11 happened, remembers exactly what they were doing when 9-11 happened. Yeah. So that, that to me, that's a telltale sign of a traumatic event. Like you can mm-hmm. literally name the event and people can tell you exactly where they were. Yeah, I mean, and as is the George Floyd killing, that's yeah. a traumatic event. The fact that we open our phones to leisurely scroll through social media and keep having to bear witness to that time and time again. Mm-hmm. or George Floyd, any other name of number of victims, like. And there are a lot. Yeah, like, even when we don't have the video, Breonna Taylor, just knowing that that happened to her, that's tra- traumatizing. Definitely. And that's not normal, but we have almost numbed ourselves to feel like it is. It's normal to have as much access to information as we do, or it's normal for us to watch these videos. Yeah, and I don't think like we didn't choose that shit though. You know what I'm saying? No, like, it's, it's but it, you're you're totally right because I'm I'm gonna be real. I hate to say that I'm numb to most of it, but I am numb to most of it. The only feeling that I feel when I see things like this now is just straight anger. Mm-hmm. That's uh, for a lot of people. Yeah, but even you know to your point of things just being in our face, uh, I'll give you an example that's not directly you know police violence. Uh, not too long ago, I was, it happens on Twitter a lot. I was on Twitter one time and someone posted a video of the Mexican cartel feeding a man alive to his dogs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And here's the thing. There was no warning. There was no nothing. I was literally scrolling and there was a guy on the ground and then dogs started like ran up to him and ate him alive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm a military veteran <laughs> and I would, I was affected by that video just mm-hmm. as much. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like no one should see a man being eaten alive by dogs. Right. Care who you are. Right. Even if it's just a, a, you know, a video. Yeah. But that's the thing is we, we have desensitized ourselves so much to the things that are posted on social media mm-hmm. that, it's almost like, oh, it's just a video. But no, like, it has an effect. It has an impact. Mm-hmm. And keeping that in mind that it's not just a video. On some level, like, this is affecting your being. Yeah. As normalized as it may be. Did you uh, watch the video? So I do not tend to watch them mm-hmm. um, because I know how they affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you can't help but miss clip, or you can't help but see clips. Like, see clips, exactly, yeah. Um, so never did I listen with audio, mm-hmm. because I can't, I mean, that's not normal. To sit and watch someone be murdered is not normal. Um, but it, it's not normal, but yet every month, every week, we're bearing witness to it. Yeah, it's almost like it's becoming normal, and it shouldn't yeah. be. No. Um, and I'm with you. I, I I never voluntarily played the video. 
-hmm. and I've seen probably enough clips of the video to have watched the full video and it's mm -hmm. frustrating. Uh, oh, I did the other day see a video of the opposite side mm -hmm. and I played that out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Mind you, he's still on the ground. I'm still seeing way more than I had ever allowed myself to see before. Yeah. But it was a woman who like stepped in and it happened to be a white woman who stepped in and was like, let him up, let him up. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think he's breathing. What are you guys doing? This mm -hmm. is brutality. Um, something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't seen that perspective or heard anyone talk about that perspective. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw that. actually tried to help. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And, and I will admit and I'll offer a public apology because I was very uh, critical of the people who were around and I accused them of watching it happen. But and not doing anything. Yeah. yeah, but apparently people were saying stuff and, and mm -hmm. trying to jump in. Yeah, but also let's stop there for a second. Like if it can happen to him and they do it so freely in public around so many people, like who's to say anyone who tried to physically jump in and do something? wouldn't have also been met with lethal means. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, like, it's probably almost a given at this point. Yeah, it's all, um, but it's like, what would I have done in that situation? Mm -hmm. You question yourself and you, you fault the people who you feel like didn't do enough. But in that situation, would you have risked your own life for his? Yeah, you never know, man. And, and, and as a veteran, um, something that, that we talk about and something that, that happens when you're in adverse situations is, you, you typically have one of very few responses to mm -hmm. traumatic events. Mm -hmm. and Fight, flight, or freeze. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, so we all can get upset and say we would have done. I know I've, I've said and done that as well, but uh, we never really know. I mean, yeah. I, I could have easily froze up like anyone else could have. Mm -hmm. I, I could have taken action. You never know until you're in that, uh, that right. situation. And thinking about those shoulda, coulda, wouldas, that feeds anxiety. That feeds like all of those type of feelings that we may, maybe not are productive for us. Yeah. Um, because it makes us question our own reality. All right, so let's stay here for a minute with, with the video, man. Uh, Cause I, I do wanna use, I do wanna use this time with you for, you know, what you're an expert at do you like what do you say to people when something like this happens right because it's going to happen again in some form or fashion it may not be a police murder mm -hmm. but it's going to be something posted online that is completely insensitive and could affect you mentally mm -hmm. when things like that start circulating do you have any advice for people you don't have to watch it mm -hmm. first and foremost mm -hmm. um there's ways to be informed without exposing yourself to mm -hmm. something that could be emotionally harmful to you mm -hmm. um but also like what are the feelings that it brings up in you you know and what do you do with those feelings um those are like the first things that come to my mind mm -hmm. you know giving yourself permission to just because it's there doesn't mean you have to watch it yeah yeah no i agree with that i, I will say too though it's, it's not just watching it at times either um mm -hmm. because i know when i read about it mm -hmm. and I specifically remember reading a quote where he was calling out for his mama mm -hmm. and that just completely broke my heart. Like, oh, yeah. what is he, 45, 46? Like, this is not a small guy, you know, a grown ass man who's calling for his mom, who I then later found out had passed some years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, that is heartbreaking, man. It is. And it, 
on a it's a different level like as if seeing him go through that reading about him going through that wasn't enough mm -hmm. that to learn those details takes yeah. it to a deeper level for sure yeah now there are people out there who will say and i'm gonna uh there's plenty of naysayers that when something like this happens not watching or not educating yourself on it it, it makes you i don't know man kind of not I guess woke. they would say, yeah, not woke, fake, not mm -hmm. real, you know, you Uncle Tom, like, mm -hmm. and that, that shit bothers me. For you sure. Know what I, mean? I mean, I had a conversation with someone just this morning that there are other ways to be supportive. There are other ways to show up without necessarily having to expose yourself to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, or one of my clients um, was questioning herself about not going out and protesting. And she was like, I felt like I should be there. But on another level, like mentally, I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. She was like, it's just too much. Um, so, and that's okay. Not everybody, that's not everybody's lane. Yeah. And but me... there are other ways you can show up and show your support for the cause if you choose to, or if you feel you know, like you need to. So those were some of the things that we talked about is like, what are some other ways that you can be supportive? Yeah, or definitely. show that you care in this, in this situation, in this environment, without necessarily putting yourself in a position that'll be harmful for your mental. Yeah, and, and I think that, that, like me personally, right, you talk about like, how could you get involved? Mm -hmm. And this is like, you know, full transparency here. When this shit first happened, the first thought that I had in my mind was, I'm not protesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saying this for a reason. So in 2015, 2016, when the protests were going on all over the nation mm -hmm. with some of the uh, police killings that were happening then, I was out there every day. Mm -hmm. And when this happened, the first thing that popped in my head was like, this shit don't matter. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the people in response to this murder who have b began rioting and looting, I'm not ever going to promote violence, mm -hmm. um, especially on innocence. But I understood because that was my first thought is I'm not protesting, peacefully protesting. Mm -hmm. The shit doesn't work. They, mm -hmm. they are not listening. No one right. is listening. Right. But then you read things like the Civil War or... Um, not the Civil War. What's, what am I looking for? What word am I looking for? Uh, civil rights. Civil rights stuff. Got you. Um, and protests help pass some of those laws. Mm -hmm. um, so there's history that it does. It can be effective. For sure. With the right people, I guess. Um, with mm -hmm. the right administration. Um, but I get it. But I it doesn't feel like they do a whole lot. Yeah. And I get why people feel the need to turn to violence because it's like me being nice about it wasn't, wasn't good enough and it didn't get me far enough. So let me mm -hmm. show you, let me show you something real. Yeah, let me yeah. show you how all of this has really made me feel. Yeah. And, and, and people have, you know, started to speak out. It's, it's almost like they waited for that type of response so they could speak out against looters and rioters mm -hmm. and, and, they tried to make it about the businesses destroyed as opposed to the life that was taken. And once again, 
here I am back at square one, furious, mm -hmm. absolutely furious because it's like, there's always, they always find a way to fucking flip mm -hmm. the narrative. The yeah. yeah, the blame, the narrative, the, the way they're pointing the finger, whichever way you want to put it, like what's actually the problem starts getting ignored. And then, you know, I, I'm a person and I probably should stop doing this, but I watch the news every morning. <laughs> and I have found myself detaching from that a little bit. I need to, so I'm 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 gonna need your help with that. But uh, <laughs> I see these narratives, and it's like, man, that's not the problem. You know, that should not be the focus right now. And even when you talk about looters and rioters, I still don't think that makes up the greater percentage of that protest. No, no, no. no. Um, we just had one in Nashville that high schoolers actually planned. Oh wow! And it was yesterday or thursday it's either thursday or friday okay and high schoolers from brentwood or franklin planned it mm -hmm. and there were i want to say they said twenty thousand people or something out there peacefully mm. protesting through the streets of downtown nashville mm. it was amazing um because the one that happened last weekend started going you know the violence yeah, started that, that's out. when uh y'all's courthouse, courthouse was yeah, yeah was set on fire right and that was courthouse, um some statues were pulled down looters in broadway like mm -hmm. yeah yeah i actually saw a very compelling video uh from nashville where a protest was happening and um a white guy had a brick Mm -hmm. He had just did something to a police car. Then he went and grabbed a brick to kind of escalate what he was doing to the police mm -hmm. car. And a black guy stepped in front of him and was like, no, like, mm -hmm. stop. Because they're going to be blamed for this. Yeah, they're going to blame that shit on us. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the video that should be circulating. Like, mm -hmm. that, that was a very powerful video, and it's more indicative of what's going on because, as I said earlier, like, th there have been proven provocateurs in this, mm -hmm. these riots and loops. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you've heard about um, the random piles of bricks mm -hmm. at protest that, sites. And then saw the videos of cops who were the ones busting out windows in shops and stuff. Yeah. yeah and they that, weren't being watched. But, yeah, but, th but mean, think about that. Let that settle in. Like, there are complete pallets of bricks mm -hmm. at protest sites just mm -hmm. popping up early in the morning. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, that's when things get weird to me. And I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. But that, that sets off the conspiracy alarm. I get it. Um, we had something similar here for the one that happened last weekend that did turn a little violent. Mm -hmm. um, I guess a day before or so, someone had posted a Craigslist ad for um, actors for crisis, crisis actors or something mm. that paid a minimum of $100. And the location was downtown Nashville on the day of the protest. See, so. I, that's, see that, now that's when shit gets weird, man. Like yeah. I, tr I try, like I said, I try my best not to think like that and think mm -hmm. that, you know, shit's just happening, right? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you hear stuff like that, man. And it's like, okay, what's the fucking end game? Yeah. What is the end game? And even that being said, I'm sorry, I keep, I keep pulling you away from what you're here <laughs> for. But I, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm going into just, how much is going on mentally with mm -hmm. people? You mm -hmm. know, if the murder wasn't enough, if COVID wasn't enough, if the riots weren't enough, now you're thinking about, well, damn, are there people who aren't black 
doing shit so it can be blamed on blacks, which mm-hmm. once again, the anger kicks back in. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's so much right now, man. And that's, that's really why I wanted you on today's episode to just kind of dive into these things and I don't know, help out anyone who's listening. <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest things is like, to not feel guilty for how you feel. Mm-hmm. Your feelings are valid. As much as this stuff has been normalized for us in, in our culture, in our society, mm-hmm. like what you feel still matters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we see someone be murdered every week or every month on social media, mm-hmm. but that shit still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad you said that um, about people's feelings being valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get on social media, uh, particularly Twitter and Facebook, because those are the wordy platforms, you know, mm-hmm. so people, you know, get their, get their shit off. Um, I, I see a lot of some people are just letting it fly what they're feeling inside on social media. Other one, others are tiptoeing because it's like you, you feel like you have to say something. Um, but then you don't want to offend or, you know, mess up any of your, your current situations, whether it be your job, your relationships, your friendships. Um, but at the same time, you put these feelings out there and it seems like you are attacked in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, like, my God, I couldn't imagine being a celebrity right now. Like damn, people, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh my God. Like I, I look at like some of the, some of the rhetoric out here about celebrities is like such and such ain't said nothing. Like they must be the op. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't say, you don't know what that person's doing on a daily basis. Like people right. were talking, you know, shit about Kanye and come to find out Kanye, uh, uh, donated for George Floyd's daughter college fund. And he put, put some more money somewhere else. I don't know, have the details of it in front of me, but he was being active behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. People also didn't know he was out here in Chicago protesting. People just right. didn't know it was him because he was, you know, he was masked up. Right. So, um, I mean, I think we're so used to people um, deciding to post any and everything on social media. Mm-hmm. But when they don't, people often look at it as inauthentic or um, that they're not doing enough. But mm-hmm not everybody find not everybody seeks validation for sure that way you know yeah, sad, uh, man clout yeah. chasing has become normalized yeah. to the point where if you aren't clout chasing it's damn near frowned upon yeah or like you said if you're not making a public statement you must not be doing nothing mm. no like that's the same thing of doing like the charity work you know if you're feeding the homeless i would hope yeah. that you're doing that out of the kindness of your heart and not to post a picture about it on instagram Man, listen, that line is so blurred these days. Um, so yeah, getting back to the rioters and and and, and looters, and this mm-hmm. is a conversation that uh, I've had more times than I care to to talk about. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be people who aren't black specifically focus on rioters and looters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can let me know if I'm off in this, but are in my opinion, are there some people that's trying to get over? For sure. Do I think that's the larger percentage of the people that's looting and rioting? No. I think that there are some people who have, they're beyond the point of having enough. For, mm-hmm. t- for two, this, once again, this came off of the back of COVID. And mm-hmm. some people have not been working. Some mm-hmm. people lost their jobs. 
um, unemployment has been a shit show in most states. Mm -hmm. Like there's waiting lists, there's processes that just aren't going through for some people. There was a lady on the news um, here locally in Chicago who was talking about how uh, she keeps calling the unemployment office and they telling her like, oh, we're short staff, we hire more people, oh, we got more people, we'll call you when we can. Like, and mm -hmm. they're not calling her back. And like yeah. you said, this is month number three. Mm -hmm. So and that is a basic need. Like, yeah. we need money to survive. And yeah, pay, you know, like, can't pay your bills, you can't keep a roof over you and your family's head. Like, that's extremely stressful. Yeah. So when I see looters, mm -hmm. I have to think that, yo, some of those people very well may need to loot. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not trying to condone it, but it's almost like I can see where if someone's back is against the wall. They haven't been employed for three months, haven't been getting unemployment. You have this shit that happens yeah. on top of being stuck in the house and not being able to get hired. Yeah, I'm going to go break in Walmart and steal some shit and try to sell it the next day. I saw a video of a guy um, coming out of Target, I think, and he had boxes of diapers and that was it. Mm. And I couldn't help but think like basic human needs. He didn't go sad. into Gucci or Louis Vuitton and, and take purses like some other people did. Yeah. He went in the Target and got diapers. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine uh, was talking about a guy came up to their, their basketball court uh, and was selling bottles of Doucet for $20. Mm. Now, upon first hearing it, it's like, oh, some dude got over from looting. But like in my mind, I'm like, okay, for one, you could sell a bottle of Ducey for more than twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. He did what he could to try to make ends meet. To, yeah, to me that sounded like that sounded like someone who who needs a meal. Mm -hmm. That sounds like someone who hasn't been able to put food on their table because if mm -hmm. I just had thirty bottles of Ducey right now, I'm not selling for less than forty a bottle. Yeah, and I mean, I think also like we're so quick to judge, right? Oh my like, God, we, yes. And that's a huge problem. Is like if you don't understand the struggle of black people, you probably don't understand why the anger is so high, why the frustration and the not again is so much for us. Yeah. Because you, that's not your, that's not your, that's not your experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you probably don't understand why people are turning to violence, mm -hmm. but violence has been turned on us for how long? Far too long. Far so, too long. So, I mean, that, like you said, mixed with COVID and people maybe not even having basic necessities to, to provide or keep a roof over their head, mm -hmm. judgment is, is far too high. Um, you never know what someone else is going through. Um, and along to stay on that same line, like, um, we carry stuff different, right? Mm -hmm. So like we can be in the same situation. Me and you could have witnessed the same act of violence mm -hmm. and the way it affects you and the way it affects me may be totally different. Yeah, um, for sure. There is a super popular book called the body keeps the score. And I think mm -hmm. we might've talked about it last time. I can't remember if it came up or not. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, a psychologist, I believe, psychologist or psychiatrist who wrote the book. And he talks about how trauma affects people differently. Um, and one of the examples he used was like a couple was in a car accident, the same car accident. They're in the same car. 
um, and the car is pretty much total. How it affects the man and how it affects the woman is totally different. Mm. One of them appears to virtually be okay. Mm-hmm. The other one can hardly drive um, because of the severe anxiety yeah. of being in the car accident. Um, so you just never know how people carry things. And yeah. I think as Blacks, like we're so used to having to bear so much mm-hmm. that it's expected. And this is some of the things I've been seeing on the memes is like um, talking about how we can handle it and and just because it's heavy don't mean it doesn't hurt or just because it doesn't look heavy doesn't mean it's not you know we are so used to carrying so much that oftentimes it looks effortless mm-hmm. um thinking of like single mothers things like that you make mm-hmm. do you do what you yeah. gotta do to get through day to day and we don't know what that looks like on the inside for that person I'm actually glad you said that because uh, that, that you kind of uh, gave me a great segue into the next topic, and that is particularly putting on your nice black face in a time like this. Code uh, switching. It's called what? Code switching. Code switching. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit? Code switching is pretty much where in professional environments or around certain people, maybe you put on what I would call the customer service voice. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe while you're at work, you talk a little bit more proper, a little less accented. Yeah. Um, and then when your favorite black coworker comes up, maybe your natural way of speaking slips out a little bit more easily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. So, yeah, something for me personally that that I've struggled with uh, during this time because I, I am an essential worker and I still, you know, I've been mostly working remote. But with all of this shit going on, I've had to get in work mode from nine to five. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really want to bring this up because I'm sure I'm not the only person that has to deal with this. But um, me personally, Paris, I've been exhausted mm-hmm. uh, to the point where earlier this week, um, I had a day off on Friday. I couldn't even make it to Friday. So mm-hmm. I was either Monday or Tuesday. I just called in and I'm not the type of person who ever speaks about my personal life in a professional environment. But like I told my director straight up, man, like, hey, I, I, I can't do it today. <laughs> like I need a day off with everything going on in the world. I cannot put on my Will Smith black guy face. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pissed. I'm upset. I'm feeling very Malcolm right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sit here and play politics on conference calls and meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard to do. Uh, and even in social media now where I don't like it when my coworkers follow me or friend me on social media, but I typically allow it on Facebook because I look at Facebook as family friendly anyway. Mm-hmm. But even that has been, exhausting to me because there are things that I want to say, things that I want to post, but I have to filter my thoughts and my feelings because of who may be watching. Uh And even when I do the things that I do say, when it's met with, when it's met with ignorance Uh from, from people who don't understand where I'm coming from or more particularly where, where blacks are coming from and they want to make things about, the target that was destroyed or make it about looters and, and forget the whole reason all this shit is happening 
uh, it triggers the fuck out of me and I can't respond in the way that I want to respond. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, like, what do you have to say about that, man? The people, you know, who like myself or even more than myself, people like you, because you're still helping people sort out their issues with all of this going on, man, and you feeling what you feel, how do you maintain your professionalism? How do you, I don't know, man, how do you put on and take off the mask? I don't, I don't, I don't know how to word it. Um, um, I think that's a difficult question to answer, mm-hmm. right? Because it looks different for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't typically allow co-workers to follow me on any social media platforms for mm-hmm. reasons very similar. Um, well, one, I just don't really want them in my business. But <laughs> um, I don't know, like, why why should you have to filter is is my first feeling you know yeah why 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 do we have to be so worried about judgment or retribution that we can't be our authentic selves or have our authentic responses i'll be real with you a lot of the most of the reason isn't even for me in my case Mm -hmm. so if I'm being totally honest, I've lived so many lives and worn so many hats in my life that I know people, I know all types of people. I'm mm-hmm. close with all types of people from all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I know some of them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know if I put this post up, there's going to be some ignorant ass person mm-hmm. who's going to comment on that. And they are essentially going to trigger myself and anyone else who follows the post. Right. Um, that's actually happened recently. I had a I had a former coworker and a current coworker kind of get into a little war of words on one of my posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them were not black, mm-hmm. but they were both on of two different sides of the fence. Yeah. As far as their opinion on everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like me wanting to protect some certain people or me n- not wanting to look like I associate with that type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know which one it is. But that's part of the reason why, me personally, I feel the need to, to filter or censor. Mm-hmm. But I've also been met with one thing that I've, I've noticed, man, uh, is I realized that a lot of my, fuck it, I'm gonna say it, a lot of the, the white people I've met in life, right, or been cool with, have really gotten too familiar. And they got shit twisted. I think that because, like you, and like most of us who are, you know, working professionals, we take our professionalism extremely serious. They know that person. Mm-hmm. They know the person that they see from nine to five or hear from from nine to five. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy can be rattled. This guy, mm-hmm. he's one of the good ones. He's one of the good black guys, the nice mm-hmm. ones. The microaggression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I like to use I like to use the term like like Will Smith Black. Like people love Will Smith Black, mm-hmm. and I think that the people that I've worked with definitely put me in that box. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they see you speaking out on something, no matter how politically correct you are about it, if it goes against their belief on the subject, it's like oh. Uh, no, nigger, you're getting out of place. Mm-hmm. You know, get back in the box you're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. That's where it affects me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm sure, like, well, I can't even say I'm sure. I, I've seen it happen with other people where 
they may have a white friend here or there who don't completely agree with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then when that black person speaks out about what's going on, that white friend or Latino friend or whatever they are, will speak out against them like, and it's almost in a, hey, boy, you getting out of place tone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't expect someone to understand your experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm approaching this as a therapist, as a mental health counselor, I mean, I I think that um, not not fueling it, you know, like, let me educate you. Mm-hmm. Let me take the emotion out of it, even though I'm pissed, I'm angry, I'm hurt. Um, Let me take the emotion out of it and just use this as an education opportunity for you. Mm. Uh, Because fueling it with the emotion, which is the first reaction, the first response, is just feeding the belief system. And we can't expect someone to understand our, our situation or our own experiences if they ain't walked it or they ain't lived it themselves. Mm-hmm. So like I I just actually um, I'll send it to you when we finish. Um, kind of the other day felt inspired to write and wrote um, a message that I plan on sharing with my white family and friends mm-hmm. about how this has affected me and how they can do better. Okay. Um, and it's not coming from me as a therapist. It's coming from me as a human. Yeah. Like this has been my, these have been my experiences and these are ways that you can do better should you choose to. Yeah. You, you know, you, you've walked into something that I didn't have written down, but mm-hmm. this is, this is a great topic. Um, you are biracial. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're saying that you've written a letter to the white side of your family mm-hmm. and that's to explain what you're feeling during mm-hmm. times like this yeah is that something i mean i don't want you to like get it all into your business you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but but no, as i want to <laughs> but as a biracial person mm-hmm. when when shit like this happens with like with the, the way things are going right now mm-hmm. what is that like being biracial i mean i guess just starting with like yeah i'm biracial but the world sees me as black yeah, for sure. You know, I I know that I'm biracial, but if I have to choose black or white, if I can only pick one, I pick black. Yeah. You know, because um, there are so many standardized boxes, and if I have to fit in only one box, that's the box I'm going to check because that's what I'm viewed as. Yeah, and let me um, put my cape on for you for a second, too. You were raised black, so yes. <laughs> I don't yes. want people to think you just out here flipping a coin, deciding no, which race you no. want to go with. You were I raised was, as a black woman. By a black yes, woman. By a black woman around lots of black family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what the world sees me as. That's what I most see myself as. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I probably do experience some level of privilege by having that biracialness to me, but mm-hmm. I most relate to the black side of my family. Yeah. Um, so seeing all of this, like, it brings up a lot of stuff for me. I mean, I'm pissed too. I'm mad. Like, why does this have to keep happening? Um, mm-hmm. But just finding ways, like I said, of how can how can I help? How can I help educate? Um, what can I do to mentally help myself mm-hmm. in these situations? Um, 
I think this brings out a lot of the ignorance, like you said, around with the people around you. Mm-hmm. So like once you see that ignorance, once you see maybe that difference in opinion um, or belief system, what do you do with that? Mm. So that's kind of what inspired me to write, you know, what I did write because I saw too much inactivity from my own family members or from my own friends who are white mm-hmm. um, or what I view as inactivity. Right. But like mm-hmm. I said earlier, like, I don't know what people might be doing behind the scenes. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So how do you deal with people How do you deal with with people, particularly white people, mm-hmm. who don't know, mm-hmm. like who who just don't understand, but maybe they want to? Yeah. So like, I'm I'm open and willing. Like, mm-hmm. um, one of the ways that I have found that I feel like I can help in the moment is like, let me post information that may be helpful. Mm-hmm. Let me post different examples of microaggression. Let me post different movies and videos maybe they can watch to better understand yeah some of the realness maybe that we face mm-hmm. even if it is hollywood glorified or glamorized yeah um so i had a girl who i actually went to elementary school with reach out to me when i posted something about microaggressions mm-hmm. and she's white well, like i said we went to elementary school together in a town that had a k through 12 school very small mm. town, very few number of black people. Um, so she reached out and she was like, oh my God, thank you. Mm. And I was like, you know, what do you mean? And she was like, because I didn't realize that even with, you know, me um, feeling like I'm open-minded, sometimes I find myself saying things like this. Mm. So like, this gives me the opportunity to correct my behavior, to correct my word choices. Yeah. To make sure that I'm not offending or hurting anyone. No, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And uh that's something living in Chicago, uh it's totally different from my experience being from down south where mm-hmm. the racism is more in your face. Mm-hmm. With Chicago, they uh I found that people here like to hit you what I like to call that slick shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like you get that covert. Yeah, the yeah, the covert racism, the the little terms, the little mm-hmm. I, uh, just just the undermining bullshit. Where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna call you a nigger, but I think you're one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I get a lot of that here, but um, yeah, no, no, no. I'm glad I'm glad you said that, and um, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you suggest dealing with like? agitators right because what i've noticed is there are people out there who are going on these posts because everyone's posting about it everyone's posting Mm -hmm. whether it's information their Mm -hmm. feelings their pain current events everyone's choosing a side Mm -hmm. and i've noticed particularly with black people and what we've been posting there are agitators who jump on there and try to try to trigger play devil's advocate they get into semantics with wordings Mm -hmm. definition of gaslighting and microaggressions and okay. The term microaggression, like we hear micro and we think small. Mm-hmm. No, like it doesn't have to be small. Okay. You know, microaggressions are things like telling a black person they're so articulate. Oh my God. Or well-spoken or um, things like that. So it's not that it 
is a small thing. It's that it happens on a, a person to person level. Yeah. Not, you know, so that's micro. Got you. But how do you suggest dealing with the people who gaslight and, and publicly try to trigger black people in particular in times like this, when people mm -hmm. are speaking their mind on what's happening? You know, I, I'm very much, a, I mean, you're talking to someone who looks at social media, but doesn't usually engage in social media. Mm -hmm, for sure. Like I, I'll scroll all day, but I'm rarely going to post anything. Yeah. So for me, I'm okay with just scrolling past and being like, oh, they're stupid, you know, or oh, they're yeah. ignorant. Um, but I know not everyone has that same viewpoint, right? Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest thing is just take the emotion out of it. Because if you know that they're intentionally trying to agitate, mm -hmm. you know, why even feed into it? Yeah. You know, giving yourself permission, you don't have to respond to everything that somebody says to you. Yeah. I know with there's people out there like me uh, and with me personally, I, I have some, some triggers mm -hmm. and there are times when something is said mm -hmm. where it's like burning a hole in the side of my head. Mm -hmm. If I don't respond to it. Mm -hmm. um, typically when that happens, if I notice it, cause I know they're recognizing your triggers when they happen is a task in itself. It is. But when I know choosing to kind of stop it before you jump off the deep end. Yeah. Another yeah. thing. So like you got two things you're facing. Identifying it and then trying to prevent the reaction that can come from it. Yeah. So I've tried personally to <laughs> close whatever app I'm in at the moment where that mm -hmm. happens and open or look at something else mm -hmm. or do something that I've been meaning to do. It could be something as yeah. simple as, oh, I need to take the dishes out of the dishwasher. Right. And I will see how I feel after that. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a good point because you're giving yourself time to cool off a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's a saying in the addiction world that like if you can distract yourself for up to 20 minutes, if you're having a craving and you can distract yourself for up to 20 minutes, the craving will probably go away. Oh, wow. Um, so I think that can be applied to so many different areas. Like. Mm -hmm if you can use some coping skills or busy yourself for a little while, mm -hmm. it might be possible that whatever kind of had you a little tuned up. I actually like that. I'm glad you said that. I'm gonna try that. So you're saying this is an addiction method, but you're saying mm -hmm. that, yeah, no, I like that. So next time I'm triggered, I'm, I'm, I'm going to apply the rule of 20 minutes <laughs> mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm the type of person, man, like, when it takes a lot to make me mad unless i'm triggered unless one of my small triggers um but when i get mad i'm fucking furious like mm -hmm. i want i want shit to burn down yeah i mean and it sounds like you need some coping skills <laughs> <laughs> well see that's part of the problem man because one of my major coping skills was the gym and you know how mm -hmm. much i i uh i box i always go to boxing gym and i let the heavy bag have it i don't have that anymore Mm-hmm. So, so um, maybe you need to go do something else to exert that energy. For sure, for sure. Um, something physical. Yeah. I don't know. Make yourself do a thousand push-ups or something. Yeah, no, that's and not see happening. If you still care. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely think about that method more. But yeah, I, I have. It, it's been a lot of things that um, 
I, I just fixed my bike recently. Uh, mm-hmm. So bike riding is on, is on the uh, mm-hmm. table now. Uh, I've yeah. told you about all the, the other hobbies I've created. So some of them will stick, some of them won't. But yeah, right. th- things like that are what I will try to do mm-hmm. when I am triggered. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to know of coping skills. Mm-hmm. So coping skills can look like, like we think coping skills, oh, that's like going shopping or something like that. Coping skills don't always involve spending money, right? Or, it's just drink. or drinking <laughs> or drugs or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Coping skills are just something that you can use to kind of calm yourself down when you feel yourself getting there. Do you have an uh, example of a... So coping skills can look like calling someone to talk. Mm-hmm. It can be that simple. Like, let me tell you what pissed me off, mm. you know, but I will preface that and say, if you choose to do that, make sure the person you're calling has the mental capacity to hear you vent. right? Don't go just dumping stuff onto somebody mm-hmm. um, without being sure that they can mentally take it themselves. And you probably don't want to call a send off either. Cause there are people out there that'll give you horrible advice. Yeah. <laughs> so that, um, Exercise, walk, um, meditate. Um, uh-huh. Therapy is a coping skill. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, just do things to kind of calm you. Okay. Yeah. So um, we've kind of walked into our final topic of the day, which are what, what are some methods during a time like this? And I, I know, hell, you're being put to the test right now as a therapist because we're dealing with something like that the world has never seen <laughs> uh, on a grand scale with just everything going on. Like, there's no good news. There's only hostility everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people on just, for anyone listening who just wants to know how to take care of themselves mentally with all this shit going on? You know, I think we kind of have kind of covered that. Um, but giving yourself grace not feeling like you have to take on more than you mentally can stand. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to do all things. Um, You don't have, you know, the biggest thing is like taking care of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, if you've got kids or whatever, but like mentally taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you. Um, Sometimes that might look like, let me like be to myself for a little while. Let me take some me time. Yeah. Um, I think um, limiting social media or limiting what you follow on social media mm-hmm. um, can be helpful in times like this. Um, there is a such thing as taking in too much information, especially when it's all negative. Yeah. The state of the world right now is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, with COVID, with everything going on in the country, the racial injustice, the administration, mm-hmm. all of that, like, um, it's a lot like and being okay with understanding that it is a lot and you don't have to do it all okay that's good um yeah i think with me like when i was telling you about the day I, when i took a day off earlier this mm-hmm. week um mm-hmm. one thing i was able to do successfully was disconnect from social media mm-hmm. um and it was also i happened to take it was tuesday because that's right it was blackout day so I kind of had extra incentive. Mm-hmm. I posted my blackout photo and <laughs> I got off. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, man, I played video games like four hours that morning. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you needed, guess what? That's okay. Mm. 
like don't feel guilty for doing what you need to do as long as you're taking care of the stuff that absolutely needs to be taken care of Mm -hmm. like if you feel like this is gonna be helpful for me right now do it yeah yeah and don't feel guilty about it i definitely just read a very very thick book because (laughs) i wanted to avoid tv and social media um so because i feel like every time i turn it on there's nothing but bad yeah so i found a book series that i wanted to read and finished this very thick book oh wow (laughs) that's like an encyclopedia (laughs) in less than a week and ordered the second part of it oh wow yeah yeah see and you know what i was reading uh, a lot when COVID started but since this happened i haven't been reading as much because i found that my preferred literature is like stuff that relates to this yes it's racial issues Yeah. yeah man um so I've had to put some of that down. Uh, actually, one thing that that's helped me is I gotten into the stock market heavy, so that keeps me pretty busy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just just staying up on on news surrounding that and yeah, finding hobbies. Yeah, hobbies are great right now. Definitely. Well, Paris, I thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem at all. Uh, can you tell the people where they can reach you at? Um, so they can reach me at my website, www.paris-talks.net. Um, same thing on Instagram and Facebook. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm pretty sure people have learned a lot today. And ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. That's how you contact her. If you have any questions, I'm pretty sure she'll be glad to answer you. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a great weekend and stay safe out there.